Hello and welcome to Avocado Mouth Podcast. Today we're with Sam, who is the founder and CEO of ABV Media. And we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about the story of ABV Media, a bit about the jobs we've done and some interesting stories that have come along the way. Past and present. Past and present, absolutely. So, Sam, take us away. The story of ABV, wow, that is... Uh, are you sitting comfortably first? I'm sitting comfortably. You look yeah. like you are. Yeah, I am. I feel, Yeah, does it look a bit weird? I don't no. know. Yeah, I think we're solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, the ABV thing, that started in 2014, I think. Um, working in bars a lot, had a good knowledge of drinks and wanted to play around with a camera. Um, do you know what? I actually found a camera phone at Bestival on the Isle of Wight and I was one of those guys that didn't really have a smartphone. I kind of had the, the flip phone, which was cool anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was, I just never really bothered with a smartphone. I was traveling a lot, so I didn't really, uh, you know, fork out a lot of cash to get a phone. Just had, you know, throwaway phones. And um, found it and uh, started taking pictures and, uh, and videos on this camera phone. And um, then proceeded to buy one, you know, upgraded from my little crap phone. And... Um, Pretty much started making videos on my phone and a free software on the laptop. Microsoft Windows Movie Maker. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. From like the dark age. Um, and yeah, then uh, got a GoPro. Um, mainly because I was really into snowboarding back then. Um, and, uh, and and skateboarding and surfing and things like that. And was attaching it to my board. And GoPro was really a thing back then. Uh, this was, yeah, like almost pre-2014, I think. Yeah, actually well pre-2014. Mm. Um, and um, I just started making videos uh, on, the, on the slopes and things and then took it to the bar. Uh, was travelling around snowboarding, met a girl, moved to Brighton, and uh, we moved in and I worked in a bar called Audio, RIP, and um, <laughs> many a fun days there. And just put the camera on my head and threw some bottles around and made some drinks and people were like, wow, what's this tiny little camera you've got? Uh, and of course people didn't hear about them back then. And uh, that was sort of the catalyst to making videos for Audio's website um, and basically got my ass to loads of events uh, in the drinks industry and filmed them, edited them on a, on a fancy bit of software that I bought, you know, upgraded from Windows Movie Maker. And uh, yeah, then someone who I knew in the industry was quite high up and, and was a, you know, a bit of a mentor and, and she was very sort of guiding of, of where to take this and uh, she said you should try and, you know, I made one for uh, a brand that she worked for and she came down to Brighton. Uh, I don't know whether especially, but she came down and I was taking down the stools at Audio. She walked through the door and uh, was like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? And she was like, yeah, who made that video for, for that brand? And uh, yeah, I was like, that was me. And she was like, yeah, we pay a lot of money for that sort of thing. You should make a go of it. And uh, the rest is history. Um, I think I had a, a trip planned in, uh, by then, I think it was planned uh, for going around South America. And uh, I've made these little videos and mm up until then and thought let's let's make a film a feature length film um and that was that was me making nine drinks in in nine countries in nine months and it was all with a gopro um mainly because it's quite 
you know, it's not a good idea to go around the back streets of Colombia with a big camera like that. Uh, but a GoPro, it, it went down my trousers a lot of the time, uh, sadly. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a really useful camera to take away. And um, yeah, got a microphone as well, a little collar mic so I could plug it in. And uh, I made a drink in, in uh, the Salt Flat, uh, which was a, a vast desert that's white everywhere. And uh, I had a... a, a black shirt, black trousers like I would normally wear in the bar, but I was in like the salt flat, the Amazon jungle, uh, the equator, Machu Picchu, um, and the Colombian Caribbean. And then, then yeah, of course, Brazil was the, the Jesus Christ statue yeah. and, uh, and, and so on and so forth up to nine drinks, put it together, whacked it on DVD, yeah. uh, printed the, the covers for the case made like God knows how many, and uh, almost gave away them all. <laughs> Didn't really sell anything. Is but, it now um, on YouTube? Now it's on YouTube. Yeah, I think um, it was very early days back then, so the music was was not really used in in the way I would do it now. Uh, it was all quite famous music, uh, so it wasn't really strictly legal. But uh, but no, it was a great exercise, and I think it really sort of got people noticing uh, what this company was about in terms of like boom, here's this film, uh, not just a project, but a film, uh, not just a small project, but a film that was, that was you know, really something different back then. Yeah. Uh, and still is today. Um, you know, it actually was a catalyst to, for me to know exactly what I want to do, um, not just for money, but personally as well. And that, so the whole idea of, of the film and then the, um, using the GoPro was to sort of progress yourself into starting ABV Media, which was going to be this company that specializes in cocktail making events drinks in general really um you know beers wine spirits coffee whatever um you know i've made a out of all the drinks i've probably made a coffee the least amount of time but because i've worked in so many bars i've made a million coffees um probably not as good as some of the guys that i know around town but uh yeah, it's, uh, I still got to get my latte art down. Uh, not very good at that. But, uh, you know, I know what makes a good coffee and uh, I know what makes a good, a good beer and, uh, and, and wine and especially spirits and cocktails. Um, so you're already halfway there when you've found what you want to film. Mm. That's the thing that uh, perhaps in university people might not teach you too much is that, you know, once you've learn about aperture, learn about lighting, learn about backgrounds and learn all the technical aspects of videography, you know, you've then got to think, well, what am I going to film? Uh, and more importantly, who am I going to sell it to? Um, and and how are you going to film as well? Because, yeah. Because your, your videos are fantastic and they're so engaging and you immediately want to watch more and Thanks. you're getting so into it. Yeah. And, you're, and one thing that we've worked together quite well for like four or five years now if, mm. we're, if we're going all the way back, I think we were about sort of that, discussing yeah. this earlier. Um, equipment wise, you've um, created masses of your own equipment, haven't you? Yeah, started to. Uh, my dad made a, a dolly track, motorized with a little dimmer switch from a light um, to to adjust the speed. Uh, yeah, in in his shed uh, a while back, and um, that was a really sort of good way to show people how kind of enthusiastic you are about doing what you're doing um i think it's it's really easy to get caught up in gadgets and drones and time-lapse equipment uh and you know lights and and 
and and obviously the camera itself as well. But uh, essentially, unless you've got, like I said, something to put in front of it all, then it's it's really hard to know where to take your 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 passion for videography, if if that's what you want to call it. Then um, yeah, you've got to you've got to find either the subject comes first and then you build the equipment around it, which is like what I did, uh, or you you've really got to find. The hard way is to find all the equipment, source it, buy it, and then find out what you're going to film. I think you're, uh, you're a testament to the fact that you don't need actually um, an amazing camera. You don't need to spend thousands on it. My first camera made... was a £100 GoPro. Mate, uh, that's well, it, actually, yeah. Was it? No, it's a bit more than that back in those days. They're probably about 100 quid now. But um, yeah, I mean, I used a camera phone yeah. for years. This could, and this... that was like over five years ago. It's probably yeah. seven years ago. <laughs> the camera phones weren't great. Um... But it's just learning about how to use that and what's in front of it. So like you're saying, yeah. it's, it's understanding and knowing. And you're a master of cocktails. Cause you've, yeah, you've well, been I, when you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. So you've, you've, you've combined something that you know so much about with the camera. So you sort of, as you're learning how to use the camera, at least you know everything that's going to happen in front of it. So yeah. you've got sort of a headway maybe on a lot of other cinematographers that have gone straight into cinematography and they don't know anything else if they're quite young they haven't done anything else yeah i suppose you're they're always learning two things so if you do sports videos but you don't do anything yeah sport, sport, active. music videos you know car yeah. commercials uh whatever you're into i mean a lot of people do have that yeah like sole niche market yeah um but uh, i think it's hard to establish yourself as a videographer if you don't have that yeah yeah full disclosure i'm not amazing at what I do. I'm okay, but, uh, you know, there are people out there who do it better than I do and probably know more about cameras than I do, but um, there's not many people that know more about drinks. Yeah, okay, it's fair enough. So let's go to um, what has been your biggest success with ABV Media? Ooh, successes. Um, well, uh, someone once told me, recently actually told me that uh, success is not just measured in money, Success is also measured in happiness. Uh, so, you, you know, I mean, if we're, if we're talking what's a moral success, uh, what makes you happiest, what you're most proud of, uh, then probably the South America documentary is up there. Uh, that was amazing. I mean, when I released that, it was just such a buzz, you know. Um, had a big, you know, premiere in audio uh, on a big screen. There were lots of Spanish people in the, in the, in the bar at the time anyway, so they brought all their friends. Uh, it was it was amazing, um, and it kind of gave me motivation to carry on doing it. Really, um, so yeah, there's that, and um, I guess uh, all the way up to now, where ABV has just released a wine documentary in New Zealand, and uh, we're working on a, a sort of you know, concept for a TV show, and uh, that's uh, so far been filmed in Bali, uh, Nepal as well, and hopefully in many other different countries as well. Um, can't give too much away but uh yeah there's uh the wine documentary was great i mean that was on a on an island just off of auckland where it's called waikiki and uh the wine there's apparently really good um not an expert full disclosure again not an expert on wine but uh it was damn tasty most of it all of it really and um you know, they were all really receptive to, to helping you out. And, you know, it was completely off my own back. I was there anyway. Uh, I had a, about two weeks to do it. And, you know, it's quite a small island. Uh, I had access to a car. So, yeah, just uh, sent, out, sent out some emails, 
had a car, uh, so sent out some emails and basically, you know, organised the whole thing uh, off, off, off of no credibility, really. Um, and uh, and it threw it together and it worked out really well. Oh, uh, fantastic. I was quite proud of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it uh, finished during lockdown, so we didn't get to premiere it like we planned on doing in the local cinema. But um, Is that up on YouTube again? Yeah, no, it's again? on YouTube. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's called Why Waihiki on the, on the, I think it's on the ABV website and, and the YouTube channel as well. Nice, so, we'll put yeah, a little link check to that. Check that out. And, okay, so biggest disaster and how did you adapt? Disasters. <laughs> That's, if something um, can go wrong, it will. Yeah, things have gone very wrong <laughs> in the past. Uh, again, you know, you can measure that in two different ways, financially or, you know, just is it a lot of work or has bro- something broken or something. Uh, Batteries running out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I remember one time doing this uh, series for a bourbon brand in London, very nice bar, and I hadn't charged my camera battery. So I was putting one on charge and using one with about 11% of battery and uh, kind of stalling, you know, like, uh, so turning it off and then saying, uh, oh, we need to change that and we need to change that and we need to change this and that. And meanwhile, like, willing my battery to charge as fast as it can. Uh, and eventually, you know, we, we managed to swap them over and it worked out. Uh, another one was uh, for a, a Scotch brand. This was a big competition throughout the whole country, which was won by a few guys in Horsham, actually. Uh, they were running a bar called the Dead Parrot, and they won best bar team in the country based on a series of hoops that bartenders have to jump through. Mm. Um, and the final was in London, and I went down there just to film it because it's you know Horsham uh, of competing and my friends as well, and uh, and and Bristol is actually my hometown, so I had some vested interest in it and. Uh, Went down there, interviewed the guys uh, about what it's all about, and uh, obviously the head brand ambassador, the guy organising it, and threw something together. But uh, after filming, of course, this brand is quite a rock and roll band. Uh, the drinks industry in general is quite uh, raucous, and it's why I love it. And afterwards, there was a big party, and the team from Horsham had these pre-batched bottles of cocktails that they were selling and they had some left over so they gave me two and said thanks for filming blah 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 uh, and they'd also won so they were on a bit of a high I think that's why they gave them to me uh, they don't really like me <laughs> cut that bit and um, so they gave me these two bottles and I was like amazing thanks so much and I we went to the party and we got out and by that time the tube had closed and only just I just missed it I'd planned to get the tube home and they had a hotel and so they were like do you want to come stay? I was like, no, no, I'll head home. As soon as I said goodbye to them and the hotel doors closed, I dropped one of my bottles. <laughs> and I was like, God, that's so annoying. Because uh, they had loads with them. I could have probably asked for another one, but uh, I'd already said goodbye. I was like, whatever, I've got one more. Uh, let's go. Went to the tube, it shut. Uh, so I was like, well, I think I think the train station's like near here. I could probably walk it. Uh, I don't think I had Google Maps back then. Uh, but, or oh, it didn't work or something, but I, I walked for so long through London, I must have looked a state, uh, carrying my camera, uh, my uh, sort of like metal briefcase yeah. of, a, of a case. Yeah. Um, and this big tube that I carried my, my homemade dolly in. Which, I remember which was the tree. Yeah, it worked yeah. in street. Um, it was really good. And uh, so, you know, carrying expen- expensive equipment and... Um, 
finally got to a, tra- a train station and the barriers were, I wanted to go through the barriers the wrong way. And I put my card in, uh, my ticket in and it bleeped and said, computer says no. And the guy saw me and was like, yeah, sorry, mate, you can't go through that way. You've got to go around that way. And uh, I showed him my ticket and it had gone out of date anyway because it was the next day. <laughs> and he was like, he saw me and he was like, I feel sorry for you. I just had this look on my face that was like, oh, I've been beaten. Uh, defeated and he let me through I was like thank you so much I got on the train and uh, this was a a train heading to uh, sorry to Victoria and I ended up on a train coming from Victoria (laughs) so it obviously uh, stopped and come back I might have nodded off uh, which is really bad and I wouldn't advocate that but I then got on a train to Brighton and I woke up on a train from Brighton (laughs) Um, so bad but um, I finally got to Brighton I went through the turnstiles the wrong way again with a ticket that's out of date and uh, you know somebody saw me and I had to say look I'm really sorry but I've had such a hectic night and again he felt sorry let me go thank you very much train staff and then I got to my doorstep in Brighton finally got home and I dropped my other bowl on my doorstep (laughs) I was so annoyed. I was like, I'm going to have such a big swig of this when I get home. And on my doorstep. <laughs> oh, on that my doorstep. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, man, I feel for you there. It was about 10 a.m. by that point. Oh, man. So uh, that wasn't a success. It's all worth it, though. It's yeah. good fun. It's part and parcel of, uh, of, of working hard, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So next one is advice. What kind of advice do you have for example um engaging with potential clients networking mm, advice um again I've just sort of winged it I've had a, a very sort of supportive um sister who did a a business degree and, and she's sort of shown me like how to do you know invoices and stuff like that but um and uh, sort of had lots of advice along the way, uh, but really started off not really knowing much, just being a sort of nice guy, you know, if you're genuine. Um, someone told me that business do people with business. Uh, <laughs> just being a nice guy. Somebody told me once that people do business with people. Uh, so, you know, if you're a genuine person uh, and you're not out to try and take everyone for every penny they've got or try and get away with doing less work as less work as possible then you know people do recognize that and there's a sixth sense between everyone most people that can can sense that you you're a genuine person who's going to deliver a good product or service uh or you're a genuine client who's who's willing to not shortchange you and, and not trying to fleece you for every penny you've got or for every hour that you work um but yeah there, there's definitely some things that you pick up along the way in terms of, of negotiating you know a price before you start work some people invoice half before they even get out of bed um haven't done that a lot of times but uh it's necessary sometimes um and also uh when you do something for free it's never strictly only for free you're gonna take uh experience out of it you're gonna take maybe uh, a bottle of something nice to drink home with you in my case uh or, you know, you're going to network with people. And I think, you know, people do business with people. Well, if that's for free, then you've then got another network uh, string to your bow in terms of a network of people to, you know, advocate your work. And um, even if you don't do work with them, just 
get to as many events as you can. You know, in my case, it's uh, spirit tastings, wine tastings, cocktail competitions, uh, you know, annual drinks conventions and things like that. And, uh, you know, have a stack of business cards in your pocket, or maybe not now because we're trying to cut down on printing. Um, or paper printing, I should say, uh, but uh, have a, a digital business card on you at all times and, and, and do start talking to people. You know, it's intimidating. There's one big event uh, in London every year that uh, has a million bar stalls and every brand is, is there, you know, trying to push their, their equi- uh, products on bartenders and managers to sort of sell in their venues. And it's intimidating. It's, it's hard to go up to someone when you know that you're not this big established company yet and make out that you are, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do. And you've got to really kind of choose your right clients, uh, the ones that you think will, will have a product that you are genuine, genuinely are interested in. Uh, and also, you know, you'll never have a day off. Um, you'll never as with maybe an office job, you'll never clock off at five o'clock on a Friday and forget about it until 9am on the Monday. I do know that, like, for example, with the yeah, whole, like, working, like, um, it's, yeah. like some, some days you'll end up working, you'll say in your head, okay, this is like a four-hour shoot, and it won't. It will be maybe like a like an eight-hour shoot, maybe like double yeah. the amount of time. But yeah, like you said, equally, you could think in your head, oh, this is a day's work, and actually it, it cuts right down to half a day's work. And I suppose it's like one of the weird things with shooting is the amount of time in between each shot can sometimes be quite a bit of time. Sometimes you've got to move the lights. If, you, yeah. if, it's, like the, yeah. if it's a drink or something, you want to rearrange the glasses. You've got yeah. to clean the glass, dry the glass, or you know, make it different. Drinks especially are, are so, you know, you're focusing on something that is so small, maybe a bit bigger than this, but, uh, you know, especially the intricate parts of it, like the garnish, yeah. um, the little tiny details of the bottle maybe, and uh, this is what brands want. You know, they, they want to highlight the kind of intricacies of the drink which makes a beautiful drink mm-hmm. uh makes something that you look at and go oh, wow that's cool mm-hmm. um because it's not always about the flavor of the drinks isn't it is there's a whole thing about no. the shape of the well, bottle well that's the thing you can't taste the drink through the screen yeah so you've got to kind of convey flavor just with your eyes yeah how do you do that yeah. you know it's hard and you only really get it once you've made a million cocktails yeah um for example, if you peel a bit of orange peel, then you the idea with a lot of drinks is that you sort of uh, squeeze it in a way that spurts yeah. out all the little droplets of uh, orange-flavoured oil in the skin, uh, which makes the drink smell nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to film that is really hard, and to see it in a bar is even harder. Mm. To see it in a nightclub is impossible. <laughs> Not that many people really do that in a nightclub, probably, but... Uh, you know, I've done it in, say, a nightclub before and, and some guys go, cool, mate, what are you doing? It looks pretty enough. And it's like, no, but you don't get it. You can't see yeah. what I'm doing yeah. because, you know, it, it is so small and intricate and hard to see to the naked eye that, um, you know, you, you don't notice it unless you know it. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's hard trying to convey flavour on screen. But, you know, to apply that to every kind of type of videography uh mm. it, it again comes down to just knowing your subject again yeah you're trying to evoke an emotion yeah within that person ideally just trying to make people like salivate absolutely so you wanted to say something about drones and equipment as well yeah you? equipment as well uh, i think a great way of acquiring equipment is uh not just to find your subject and build your equipment around that or just spend loads of money on everything to start with but um what you can do is uh, which is what i did once with uh, 
a festival uh, that wanted uh, sort of drone shots, then I quoted a price that included the price of a drone, and they said yes. I went out and bought a drone and then kept it afterwards, you know. Um, I think a lot of equipment is acquired like that. You just sort of, you need something for a job. You've Okay, you've never used it before, but you think you can get a handle on how it works. You you put in a quote to your client on, on how much it's going to cost to do the job with that bit of equipment. If they say yes, then you're going drone shopping, my yeah. friend. And uh, yeah, like I said, renting, it's, it's, you know, get to keep it afterwards, but uh, you never know. It is obviously cheaper renting it, but if you put the price in to buy it first into your quote, then uh, you get to keep it afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And then crash it. Did you crash your drone? I crashed it on the job. <laughs> I crashed it into myself. Oh. I think. It kind of missed me just about. But um, So it was miles away. And uh, I thought I would pull back on the throttle and go down. So it's coming towards me and down. It's so fast. It was miles away. I thought, well, it's going to take ages to come back. And all of a sudden, it's quite close to me. And it's coming at me <laughs> at a rate of knots. And um, I was in a field, luckily, and um, which is where all responsible drone pilots should be. 50 metres away from wherever. And, uh, yeah, it was coming at me and I had to jump out the way and it landed in a hedge behind me. It went through the hedge, I think, and then into a road. Um, but it was fine. It was, like, it was a it small was... country lane, so there wasn't any cars. But, uh, yeah, and I was like, my God, I've totally f***ed this. Uh, it's the first time I flew it. And um, I think it was all right to start with, but uh, I had to like turn it off and on again at least. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Sam, that's really, really interesting stuff. Thank you so much for getting involved with this. Pleasure. Is there anything I hope else? I've fulfilled uh, the criteria. You, you certainly have indeed. Is there anything else you think that would be quite interesting to let people know? Uh, I would say if you're interested in the drinks scene in Brighton, then check out the Brighton Bar Awards. Absolutely. Because uh, which will hopefully be up. Soon. Uh, well, unfortunately, it's cancelled this it's year cancelled due this to COVID. Uh, totally gone, so it's going to be next year. Yeah, it's going to be next year, but it's huge. Uh, it's yeah. getting bigger every year. Uh, it's, oh, it's one of the biggest in the country now, nearly. And, um, yeah, it's a good thing to get behind, it, whether you're in the drinks industry or not. We've got people coming who are, you know, just guests in bars now, yeah. like uh, tailors and musicians uh, yeah. and chefs. Uh, it's it's good. It's a, it's a big party, and it uh, happens every September. So look out for that next year. Great stuff. Nice one. Thank you very much, Sam. No probs. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Ciao.